Welcome to the Fitness Blueprint Podcast, a podcast where we discuss the essentials of fitness, especially for those looking to begin their fitness journeys. Hello, I'm Jackson Adamowitz. I have a bachelor's degree in kinesiology with a concentration in clinical exercise physiology. I'm also a certified personal trainer, certified strength and conditioning specialist, and doctor of physical therapy student at the Mayo Clinic. More importantly, though, I have a passion for helping people achieve their fitness and functional goals. Today, we're talking about goal setting. More specifically, we're going to talk about the purpose and the importance of goal setting. We'll dive into a little bit of the psychology and the science of goal setting and goal achievement. We'll talk about a few evidence-based frameworks that are commonly used to set goals. We'll talk about how to pursue goals and maintain motivation, especially as it pertains to a fitness journey. And additionally, I will share a framework or a protocol for goal setting that I like to follow and that has helped me achieve a lot of goals um, within the past few years of developing this protocol. There's no secret that goal setting is incredibly important, um, whether that's in the business world or here in the fitness world. Uh, goal setting will help you achieve your goals. It's just a matter of how you set up your goals and how you decide to pursue them. Uh, there's a multitude of research and literature to support the claim that goal setting is important, uh, but in this episode we will discuss you know, what the research actually says about setting goals so that you can you know, structure your goals to actually achieve what you want to achieve. Uh, but before we dive into the more sciencey side of things, I want to dive into the importance of goal setting. Um, so in the fitness space especially, goal setting is incredibly important, as I already mentioned. But at the same time, only about 20% of U.S. adults meet both aerobic activity and muscle strengthening guidelines, according to the CDC. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with those guidelines, that is basically 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity cardio or 75 minutes per week of vigorous intensity cardio and at least two days of muscle strengthening uh, workouts. So less than 25%, I, I believe the figure is closer to about 20% of U.S. adults meet both of those recommended guidelines for preventing chronic illnesses, chronic conditions, and getting the benefits of exercise that everybody seeks out. When it comes to motivation, and especially in the fitness perspective, there are really two separate issues. Uh, one is getting motivated enough to start exercising, and two is maintaining that level of motivation or that consistency while on your fitness journey. I know in this episode we're specifically talking about the goal setting process, but I just want to say a quick word about motivation, um, especially as it pertains to beginning a fitness journey. So the motivation to start a new exercise program can really come from any source. Oftentimes you'll see concerns over health conditions, maybe you just had a big doctor's appointment and the doctor said uh, you need to start exercising or you need to make some lifestyle changes in order to uh, prevent a condition from progressing or maybe just to maintain your quality of life. Another source of motivation could be an upcoming event. For instance, I've had a lot of clients who will you know, train before a wedding or maybe they're training for a pregnancy, trying to maintain a healthy pregnancy. Uh, other events could be, you know, looking good on the beach. Um, so motivation can come from really any source. Some people even get motivation from doing the activity itself, which is considered intrinsic motivation. The other forms of motivation that I mentioned would be more considered extrinsic motivation or kind of from an outside source other than within oneself or 
within the capability to want to do a task, in this case exercise, for the purpose of doing that task because they enjoy it. So essentially motivation is a very complex construct that really refers to the psychological drive that gives behavior direction and purpose. And there's not like a magic pill to create motivation. There's not one secret sauce or secret formula uh, for maintaining consistency, maintaining motivation throughout a fitness journey, which is why in this episode, especially we're going to talk about giving strategies to set up a framework for yourself that works for you and for what you want to achieve. Before we dive into some of those goal setting frameworks or protocols, I want you to understand the importance of goal setting. So everybody knows that goals are important or the goal setting structure is important to follow. Um, But why is that? So there was a lot of research done in the 90s, especially with uh, Locke and Latham's goal setting theory in 1990. Um, This highlights the link between our goal setting and higher motivation and achievement. Um, So in this paper, they discussed a, a lot of the benefits of goal setting, right? Why should we set goals? Why shouldn't we just kind of pursue something without structure? And I want to kind of highlight three main points that were uncovered from the paper. And you can go ahead and go read the paper if you're looking for um, more examples and more more background behind this. But these are three main points that I think that people should really hear about. So the first main point that I want to talk about is that goals direct attention and effort toward goal-related behavior. So let's use the example of losing weight. Let's say you want to lose 10 pounds. Um, If you set the goal and you structure it properly, you're going to start performing activities that relate to your goal. Maybe that's counting calories and cutting back on highly processed foods, high calorie options, you're substituting for more low calorie options, and maybe you start exercising, etc., etc. The second main point from this paper was that goals have an energizing function. Goals should make you excited. Uh, The goal setting process should not be something that seems like a task or a chore. This should should be something that really gets you energized about what you're going to be pursuing, right? Because if you're not energized by your goal, chances are you probably won't pursue it. If it's something that you just have to do, setting a goal for it might not necessarily give you the motivation that you need in order to achieve it. So more often than not, goals will energize you and make you more excited for the possibility of achieving that goal. And then the last main point that I want to highlight from this research is that goals affect your persistence. People who set goals are more likely to stick with what they want to achieve compared to people who don't set very well structured goals or they might not even have goals. So if you want to stick with it, if you want to get consistent, you want to build discipline, you want to be more persistent, set goals and structure them properly. Now I want to discuss some of the common mistakes that people make when they set fitness goals. Uh, These are just a few off of a list that I've written out, but there are plenty of pitfalls that people make when setting goals. So try to avoid these when you're in your goal setting and planning phase of your fitness journey. Uh, First one is that most people lack specificity or clarity. So instead of setting goals, they might just simply state their desires. And we see this a lot during New Year's resolution time, right? At the beginning of a new year, uh, people will often say, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to get fit. I want to be healthier. I want to love more. I want to spend more time with my family. Those are all great things, right? They're all usually pretty beneficial things. 
but they're simply desires, right? There's no structure behind those statements. So most people will lack that specificity. They'll lack that structure in their goal setting process. Another common mistake is that their level of difficulty of the goal that they set is either way too difficult or it's way too easy. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this when we talk about some of the frameworks for setting goals. But you want your goal to push you, but you also want it to be achievable. You want it to be something that's just outside your comfort zone, but that you can achieve if you work hard and it's something that you want to achieve. Another common mistake is that some people need a little bit more accountability than others, especially when it comes to uh, the earlier stages of pursuing their goal. Um, so, for example, somebody who might start their fitness journey might be able to just go into a gym five days a week by themselves and, and just crank it out and be successful and get on a consistent workout routine. Other people might try that out and they might get burnt out within the first couple of weeks. So some people might need that little extra push, that little extra support, maybe that little extra extrinsic motivation that we kind of touched on a little bit earlier. And I've got two more common pitfalls that people make when setting goals. Another one of those is that they set too many goals, right? They might just have way too many things on their plate. And I usually do not recommend this for beginners because if you have too many goals in place, you might not know where to direct your attention, right? The purpose of a goal is to direct your attention to something that you want to achieve. Now, if you set too many of those, then your attention might be pretty scattered. Some people have a wider range for the different levels and the amounts of goals that they can set, but more often than not, I usually recommend no more than two or three goals at once. Um, and those can be broken down, and as I mentioned, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit deeper here um, within the next coming sections of this episode. Uh, but most people will set way too many goals at once, and then they won't know where to direct their energy and their attention. And then last but not least, uh, I think this one is often overlooked when it comes to goal-setting mistakes, but people will set negative goals. So a negative goal is essentially something that has more of a negative connotation. One common example is um, having the goal to not miss a workout. So notice how there's kind of a negative connotation, right? Miss a workout is pretty negative. Whereas you can restructure that goal into something like, I will attend every scheduled workout session. So that kind of spins from the negativity and turns it into something positive, right? If you have a negative connotation around your goal, it makes pursuing that goal and doing the tasks necessary to achieve that goal into more of a task or a chore rather than something that you want to do or that you get to do, um, right? Because we talked about how goals can be very energizing in your fitness journey, but if it's something that's more to avoid a punishment or something that has that negative connotation, as I mentioned, uh, those usually aren't as successful as the ones that are more positive and more energizing. So I want to take this moment now to talk about a pretty major framework when it comes to goal setting. And maybe you've heard of this, but we're just going to dive into it very briefly here, give you a general overview, because we're going to relate our goal setting process primarily to this goal setting framework. And, and there's other branches of this framework, as we'll kind of touch on a little bit. But this is uh, a primary framework that I, I've noticed to be very successful with a lot of my personal training clients and, and there's pretty good literature to back up this this framework for goal setting. 
So I want to talk about the SMART goal framework. So just a little bit of background on the SMART goal framework. It was written out in 1981 in a research paper by George Duran, Arthur Miller, and James Cunningham. And this kind of outlined the SMART acronym for setting goals. So all goals are recommended to be uh, attributed to this acronym of SMART. So SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Assignable, Relevant, and Timely. Uh, there's been plenty of modifications to this. I've heard it as specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Um, and it really just depends on what setting you're in. I, in the fitness setting, I typically recommend that specific, measure, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound framework. Um, but this, this acronym just kind of gives guidelines for what your goal should entail. So let's start at the S of the SMART goal. So specific, your goal, as we mentioned, should be pretty specific to what you want to achieve. If you just say, I want to lose weight, well, that's a very broad statement, and technically you would achieve your goal if you lost anything more than zero pounds. So that's not very specific. Um, you want it to be you know, something that really drives your attention and really drives your focus. So a better goal would be, I want to lose 10 pounds, right? That That's pretty specific to what you want to do. And that leads us into the next letter in the SMART goal acronym, which is measurable, right? You want your goal to be something that you can measure. And when I'm talking to new clients, I see this very commonly missed. Um, so they don't include goals that are very measurable. And they're also not very specific as well. Uh, common goals that I'll, I'll hear are, I want to get stronger, I want to build muscle, I want to lose weight. Right? Those are all great, and they can be measured, they're just not specific. So you want a goal that you can measure over time, and you want to be able to track that progress over time. So you want some sort of method for, for tracking your progress so that you know what adjustments need to be made, uh, what modifications need to be made to your routine, your habits, etc. The next letter in the SMART goal framework is A for attainable. So you want a goal to be something that you can actually achieve. For example, if I set the goal to run a sub two hour marathon in half a year of training, I am not at the fitness level to achieve that, and I am not that dedicated of a runner. So I know that that goal would not necessarily be attainable uh, for, for many reasons that are beyond me and uh, within the scope of exercise physiology and uh, my own sheer willpower. I don't think I would be able to train that hard or have the capabilities to achieve that goal. So that goal would not be attainable for me. That's not to say that a goal shouldn't be out just outside of your reach, right? It shouldn't be something that you're simply comfortable to achieve. So an example of this would be if I have a history of already exercising pretty consistently, right? Let's say I work out three days a week and I set the goal to do three days a week for a month straight. Well, if I'm already doing that, then that's not really getting outside of my comfort zone. That's not really pushing me to achieve something new. So your goal should be attainable, but it should be also something that challenges you just a little bit. So there's kind of a happy medium or, or that kind of Goldilocks rule there, right? You want to find a goal that is just right, something that's just outside of your comfort zone that pushes you, that motivates you, but that's also attainable. The next letter in the SMART acronym is R for relevant. You want your goals, no matter what type of goal, and we'll, we'll talk about the, these types of goals here in a minute, but 
No matter what type of goal that you set, you want it to be relevant to your overall life mission or your longer term goals. So an example would be, I see this a lot in running, right? So I want to train for a marathon, but I also want to, let's say I'm setting the new goal to put on 10 pounds of muscle. Well, if I'm training for a marathon in a year, I know from my exercise science background that putting on muscle it can be very hard when you're training for a very long endurance race. It's not impossible, but it's a lot more challenging as compared to when you're not training for that type of event. So you want your goals to be relevant and you want them to kind of combine. So if I have the goal of being a, a concert celloist, I, I don't know if that's the right terminology, but um, if that's my goal, then I don't want to set a goal of attending a musical school for playing the piano. You know, that, that just doesn't pertain to my overall longer term or life goal. So you want your goals to be relevant. And then last, but certainly certainly not least, and I, I think a lot of people over overestimate, or sorry, I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of this one, but T for time bound. Give yourself a deadline. A lot of people actually work faster or work better under pressure, surprisingly. Uh, so if you give yourself a time frame for achieving something, the chances that your focus is going to be heightened towards your goal will be a lot higher than if you just kind of give yourself a goal, but you don't really give yourself a deadline for achieving it. Now, your deadline should be something that does push you a little bit, but should be achievable as your goals should be. Um, but you want to give yourself some sort of deadline or some sort of target date for achieving it. So this is very important, especially for, for goals that revolve around certain events like, you know, a wedding or um, a pregnancy or uh, maybe you have a certain race date that you have set for a 5K or a marathon, etc. But set a time frame for achieving that. Give yourself a hard deadline. So let's, let's talk about some examples of SMART goals. So if I have the goal to lose 10 pounds, I've been using that example, so we'll stick with it. Um, how can I make that a SMART goal? So let's say I start with, I want to lose weight. Okay, well, let's make it specific. How much weight do I want to lose? Well, I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, great. That makes it specific and measurable. How am I going to measure it? Well, I've got a scale. I'll weigh myself once a week, and we'll, we'll see where we go from there. Okay, perfect. Is it attainable? Am I at a, a body frame or a body mass or at a body fat percentage level that I am capable of losing 10 pounds uh, within reason? Um, yes, it might take me a little bit longer. I myself am a little bit more lean, but I, I do have enough body fat percentage where it would not be detrimental to my health to lose 10 pounds. Okay, perfect. It is attainable. It is specific. It's measurable. Is it relevant to what I want to do? Well, let's say my long-term goal is to, um, we'll just use a, a super general broad goal, but this is not a, a smart goal as we're talking about here, but let's say I just want to feel more confident or I want to fit, here's a better example. Let's say I want to fit into a size large t-shirt and I'm currently wearing extra larges. Okay, well, that makes my goal relevant because if I lose weight, um, I will have a better chance of fitting into that t-shirt uh, than I would right now at my current weight. Okay, perfect. 
Now I want to give myself a time frame for achieving that goal. And we'll talk about this with weight loss goals in future episodes of the podcast, but healthy weight loss usually is about half a pound to two pounds per week, kind of in that range, depending on, you know, your current body type, current fitness status, um, etc. So let's say on a conservative side, I want to lose half a pound per week. Okay, well, that would give me 20 weeks to achieve my goal. So then I would set a deadline for myself for 20, 20 weeks from today to achieve my goal of losing 10 pounds. So notice how we went from the goal of I want to lose weight to a smart and structured goal. Now, in terms of goal structure and goal types, there are about a dozen ways you can categorize goals, and probably more than that. But you can categorize goals in a lot of different ways, but I want to talk about two specific categories for goals that you can do um, and that will pertain to more long-term, short-term goals. So the two categories I want to talk about are process-oriented goals and outcome-oriented goals. So process-oriented goals are milestones that make up smaller, controlled accomplishments that help you achieve a larger objective. So these are more process-related, as the name suggests. These are goals that are often controllable, and the probability of their fulfillment tends to be a little higher than the outcome-oriented goals that we'll talk about. So this would be like a goal of, I want to go to the gym three times per week over the next four weeks. Okay, well, that's process-oriented, right? That doesn't pertain to necessarily an outcome, but it, it pertains to the, the process of starting to exercise or getting in the gym. So that, those are process-oriented goals. The next category is outcome-oriented goals. So these are typically more longer-term goals. Those process-oriented goals typically revolve around the day-to-day -day or the more short-term goals. But these are goals that focus on the end point or the results of the actions that you're planning to take. So this is the goal of losing the 10 pounds, as I explained earlier. Um, these are the goals of running a marathon or, you know, walking 10,000 steps today. Those are more outcome-oriented goals. So we have two types of goals, process-oriented goals and outcome-oriented goals. And you can kind of get a sense of how these goals can interplay or interact. So you can have a long-term or more outcome-oriented goal, but your process-oriented goals or your smaller goals can lead up to or pertain directly to those outcome-oriented goals. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit with the framework. I know I keep teasing you guys with, uh, with what we're going to talk about a little bit later in the podcast, but we're going to dive into that here in just a second. So now that we've talked about the importance of goal setting, a little bit of the psychology behind goal setting, and also have talked about the types of goals that you can set and the way that you can structure your goals, uh, before we kind of put it all together in a protocol or a framework to follow, I want to give you some questions that you can ask yourself uh, if you're kind of searching for a new fitness goal to follow. And these are questions that you can ask yourself to get inspired. These are questions that you can ask yourself if you're just not sure what you want to achieve or you're not really sure why you want to exercise. These are goals that, or these are questions, excuse me, that you can ask yourself to kind of get that goal setting process started or um, if you're already in the goal setting process uh, can maybe give you a little bit more insight to why you want to achieve what you want to achieve and then you can tap into some extra motivation so here's some questions I'm just gonna kinda list them off I have them written down here 
Uh, the first question is, what motivates you? And I'll, again, I'll just kind of read these in, in a list format. Um, but what things are most important to you? And how will a healthy lifestyle complement or support those things? What kinds of exercise programs have you tried in the past? What did you like most and least about your previous exercise experiences? What type of exercises or activities do you currently enjoy? What is your favorite exercise or activity? How will you integrate exercise into your life? How much time do you have to commit to exercise? What kind of support do you have to help you change your lifestyle? What is something you're good at now? And did you know you were good at it before you did it or the first time you did it? And when was the last time you exercised regularly, which would be at least three times per week? And how long did it last? Why did you stop previously? Um, and what are some short-term goals and long-term goals that you have? What could hinder your fitness progress? So those are some questions that you can ask yourself to kind of get the, that thought process going in terms of structuring your goals and following this framework that I'm about to discuss here. So this framework, um, I've, I've called it a couple different names in the past, but I have used this framework to um, achieve a few things uh, within the past three or four years. Uh, the first thing that I tried this framework out on was running my first marathon. Um, so I, with this framework, I ran my first marathon. I then went on to run my first half Ironman triathlon. I used this framework to set goals revolving around getting into physical therapy school. Um, so it helped me get into my, my dream, my number one pick, uh, physical therapy school. Um, this has helped me achieve the goal of getting my personal training certificate, of getting my certified strength and conditioning specialist certification. Um, and I'm continuing to use it uh, on a yearly and monthly basis with a lot of the goals that I have. One of those being uh, with this current podcast that I am developing. So the first step of this framework, and I currently call it the Map to Motivation Framework. I, I've had a course on my, my personal website for a little while with uh, kind of the outline of it and kind of diving a little bit deeper. I'm, I'm currently in the process of redoing that course so it's a little bit more intuitive. So... Um, be on the lookout for that, but this is what I consider the map to motivation framework. So the first step in this framework is set a long-term goal that is outcome-oriented using the SMART goal format. Right. So notice how I'm using these frameworks, I'm using these types of goals, uh, but the first step is set that longer-term goal. So when I once I go through this framework, um, I'll, I'll kind of give an example of how I would use this framework. So that's step one, set a long-term goal. Number two is ask yourself why you want to achieve this goal. What's motivating you? That, that's the second step. Ask yourself why. Write it down. Do what you got to do. But that, that's your why. That's your motivation. Step number three is break down your long-term goals into smaller, more manageable, process-oriented goals. I like to call these action steps. So what action steps are going to help you achieve that longer-term goal that you want to achieve? Step number four is give yourself one or two tasks that you can complete today that are easy and doable to get the momentum going, to get you started on whatever journey it is that you're on. So I'll dive into this here in a second once I go through the rest of this protocol. Number five is revisit your goals on a daily basis. All right, pretty self-explanatory there. So write it down, revisit it, do what you got to do. Keep it fresh on your mind. Step number six is stick to your process goals religiously. 
So as I mentioned earlier with the process-oriented goals, these are typically goals that are more easily attainable because they revolve around some sort of process, right? This is where your habits are being formed with these process-oriented goals. So that's why I say you have to stick with these goals religiously as it pertains to this framework. All right, so just to recap, step number one, set a long-term goal. Step number two, ask yourself why you want to achieve that long-term goal. Step number three, break down your long-term goals into smaller, more manageable process-oriented goals. Step number four, give yourself one or two tasks that you can do today or right now uh, that kind of get the momentum started. Step number five, revisit your goals on a daily basis. Step number six, stick to your process-oriented goals religiously. So let's stick with our current example of the goal of weight loss. So let's make this our SMART goal. We already talked about this. So let's say my goal is to lose 10 pounds, uh, let's say by my aunt's wedding in 20 weeks. Okay, that, that, that's pretty specific. My next step would be asking myself why I want to achieve that goal. Um, let's say I've really been wanting to build confidence. I don't necessarily feel comfortable in my skin. Maybe I want to fit into my clothes better. Those are my whys. Those are what's going to motivate me. Additionally, I might throw in things like I want to do it for my health because I know that I will be healthier if I lose a little bit of weight. I will be at less risk for chronic illnesses, chronic diseases. And also, I just want to start my exercise um, journey. I want, I want to get consistent with that. Okay, so those are my whys. Step number three is breaking down my long-term goals into smaller, more manageable, process-oriented goals. Okay, well, let's say I don't currently exercise at all, um, but I want to lose that those 10 pounds. My first process-oriented goal would be getting in the gym four days a week. Let's say I do two full-body workouts with strength training or resistance training, and I do two more cardio-based workouts. Uh, an additional process goal that I might have is getting in 10,000 steps per day. And then let's say I sit, set a, another process-oriented goal revolving around my diet. So let's say I will make substitutions um, for high-fat uh, foods, high-fat and ultra-processed foods. So I'm going to try and find healthier substitutions for those. And if this was actually my goal, I would dive deeper into what those substitutions would be so that I would be able to actually have specific things that I want to do in within my diet. But for now, we'll just use those examples. Okay, so step number four is give yourself one or two tasks that you can complete today that are easy and doable to get the momentum going. So one thing that I could do today is sign up for a gym membership and maybe do my first workout session in the gym, right? What's holding me back from doing that? I can either, at some gyms you can purchase it online or you can just make a quick drive to the gym and do it there. Now, if you don't have access to a gym, maybe you can purchase some workout equipment for your home. So that would be my first easy task that would get the momentum going. Um, step number five is revisit your goals on a daily basis. So something that I would do is I would write down this smart term goal. I would write down my process oriented goals and I would review them first thing in the morning when I wake up and I would review them before I go to sleep. Uh, these are two times spread out throughout the day where I am kind of keeping it constantly on my mind. You can check on your goals more than that, but usually I recommend kind of revisiting them at least once or twice per day, just keeping it, like I said, fresh in the front of your mind. Step number six is stick to your process goals religiously. So that comes with consistency, and we will talk about more of the fitness journey in later episodes of the podcast, but 
uh, I will stick with those process-oriented goals religiously. I know that if I follow these process-oriented goals and I stick with pursuing this this longer-term outcome-oriented goal of losing 10 pounds in 20 weeks, I can do that if I if I stick to the process that I've implemented for myself. Alright, so that is how you use that map to motivation or that goal setting framework that I currently use. Uh, once again, I, I found incredible success with this framework. It helps me stay focused on what I want to achieve and uh, gives me direction uh, in pursuing the things that I want to pursue. Alright, so this should give you some direction toward accomplishing your fitness goals. I hope that this episode was beneficial. I hope that you can now set some goals pertaining to your own personal fitness journey and really any area of your life. Um, but I want you to understand that goals are no good if you don't take action or you don't start building the habits that are necessary for achieving your goals. So this kind of just gives you a starting point to, to go from. So if you don't do anything with the goals that you set, you're not going to achieve them. So this is just a framework. This is just a, a structured direction uh, towards what you want to achieve, but now you got to take action. All right, in future podcast episodes, we will discuss different areas of fitness so that you can have a better understanding of that area so that you can set more goals uh, pertaining to those special areas of fitness um, and so that you can also set more realistic and uh, proper goals. Additionally, I would recommend that you share your goals with at least one other person who is important to you. So whether that be a family member, a friend who also shares the same goals as you, or just someone who who can hold you accountable or who you can kind of share that process with, right? When you have social support, you are way more likely to achieve what you want to achieve. So share this with somebody. And I would encourage you to also share this podcast episode with somebody who's starting their fitness journey. Uh, goal setting is usually the first step uh, within that process. So uh, this could be pretty beneficial to those people. Um, let's share and spread the wealth, so to speak, uh, so that we can get a lot more people exercising, a lot more people moving, and a lot more people healthy. Uh, thank you guys for joining me, and thank you for tuning into the Fitness Blueprint Podcast. I will see you for our next episode, which will be coming soon. Uh, once again, my name is Jackson Adamwitz. I would encourage you, like I said, to subscribe to this podcast, uh, share it with friends, family, and really anybody, um, and let's keep pursuing our fitness journeys together. All right, have a great day, and make somebody smile today. Peace.